0: Hey chiropractors, we're ready for another Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey docs, welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today I'm excited to bring Dr. William Morgan, the president of Parker University, and honestly has had quite a chiropractic career, and we we jump right out of the gates talking about that. Um, you know, my goal of having Dr. Morgan on was to really discuss some of the emerging opportunities that chiropractors have. And at Parker University's really spearheaded uh, amazing growth and opportunity, and it's spilling out into the general um, industry or profession of chiropractic, and we have a lot of great opportunities out there, and we dive into that, and also certain things he's seen over the years that has... Uh, kind of led to a lot of success for chiropractors and so we have a great conversation around those uh, topics and it was exciting to uh, hear him and just everything he's been through, the profession and the uh, opportunities he's had and what he's doing to try to transform that for chiropractors like you and I. And so it's exciting to hear some of the uh, emerging opportunities coming along. Okay, uh, If you're listening to this on the day it's released, Happy Thanksgiving. This is a Thursday show, even on holidays. So I hope you have a Happy Thanksgiving if you're in the United States. And if you attended our CSA Money Matters virtual summit last weekend, thank you. I appreciate that. If you want lifetime access to all of them, all the videos and the bonuses, you can still upgrade just by going to your link and then going to the site to to upgrade. If you miss some of them, it's great to have that. We built a really good curriculum for uh, financial intelligence and, and everything from business, finances, personal to marketing, ROI and, and all things finances. We had 18 great presentations, and it's well worth the $49 to upgrade. So check that out. And uh, I hope you enjoy, again, your Thanksgiving in the United States, and I hope you enjoy this episode with Dr. William Morgan. All right. Welcome to the show, Dr. Morgan. I really appreciate your time today. I'm excited to dive into to many topics and a wide-ranging uh, topics and different ideas we have about what's going on with the profession and such. But before we do that, I'd, I'd really love to have our audience hear your career story. So if you could take us from there and, and we'll, we'll dive into it.
1: Oh, sure. Well, I, I, uh, I've been around for a minute. Um, <laughs> after graduating from high school, about 17, I joined the military, became a, a corpsman, a medic with uh, Marine Corps Special Operations and Navy Special Operations Diving, uh, providing divy medicine training and physical first aid. So did that for several years, four years active and then 10 years in the reserve. When I got out of the military, I was planning on becoming a physical therapist and had an injury and the injury was not helped by physical therapy or orthopedist, but everybody told me not to go to a chiropractor and I wasn't a big fan of chiropractic back then anyway. But in desperation, I went to a chiropractor and I was pretty well crippled for about three months. Within a week, I was ninety percent better. I went to a chiropractor, extremely professional, extremely competent, extremely confident, and um, you know, like was realized there's something there. There's something very valuable there. I changed majors, became a chiropractor, went to Palmer West in the Bay Area, where I had lived, and I. Uh, after that, I grad I practiced for thirteen years with my wife, and we in Central California, and. One day I had someone walk into my office and you know he had back pain, so I worked him up. And he said, uh, you know, my back does hurt, but I'm actually an uh, anesthesiologist, and I've put together this multi-disciplinary multidisciplinary clinic, and you've got a good reputation in town. I just wanted to see how you do business. And so he was like a secret shopper. Hmm. So he, he offered me a position at his multidisciplinary center. And we were, we were under a program with, with the federal government, uh, rural health centers. And after a few years, my, my wife and I were, we're both working that, mm-hmm. after a few years, he came to me and said, well, the, uh, the clinic's being acquired by a local hospital. And I said, well, I guess that's it. We're done here. And he goes, no, actually, they want you to keep working here part time and then work at the hospital. So then from there, we started working at this rural health clinic and h- local hospital. Then the hospital comes to me and said, "Well, we've been acquired by Adventist Healthcare Systems, mm-hmm. so they didn't have any chiropractors." I and I said, "Well, I guess they're done with me." And they said, "No, no. Actually, they want you to have multiple. You know, uh, go to join the system." Mm-hmm. So we kept growing in, in our in our practice, being a hospital-based chiropractic from the early '90s, mm-hmm. um, and doing pretty well with what we were doing. And then a uh, call came out in Dynamic Chiropractic for a research project that was going to be done at Bethesda Naval Hospital, in a naval hospital, and I'd had a dream of being the first uh, chiropractor in the Navy. And I realized Bethesda, which is the, the president's hospital, was a pretty esteemed hospital, so I applied for it. Got it. Had our associate take our practice, and this is back in 1970 or 1998. Mm-hmm. And so I went to went to Bethesda and started treating people. This is before the war. You know, we brought our kids back there, and the one year turned into another five year contract. And I started treating members of Congress and the Supreme Court and Joint Chiefs of Staff. And uh, the Congress people didn't want me didn't like making the drive out to Bethesda, so th- they asked if I would establish a clinic in the Capitol Building. So the, uh, I had a, a, a chiropractic clinic in the Capitol building, taking care of Congress and Supreme court. It was actually the, the speaker of the house is on the second deck of that building. We were in the first deck, I was right under, under the speaker's office. Wow. And had that for for 18 years. And uh, during that period, I would, I had uh, another opportunity to go down to, to gov- work in government housing, mm-hmm. the white house, um, get, <laughs> as a for call and then traveling with uh with the white house um and gulf streams and things like that wow. you know following around air force one around periodically in fact i lost a my table we couldn't find my portable table for about six months and they found it in a cabinet in uh air force one <laughs> um so it had flown around with the president
0: did you did you uh put a big sticker on the table and call it table one
1: no, I should have. I should have <laughs> grabbed it and put it in some chiropractic museum. It's, it's, it's still back in the hospital as far as I know. And then, you know, so after two decades in D.C., I, I segued into, um, and, I, and, and then that time frame, I'd been on faculty of seven chiropractic colleges mm-hmm. and one medical school. So I was on faculty of the military's medical school. I'd have chiropractic students come and rotate through the hospital. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, when I was at the hospital, the students would come and they would work under my tutelage. Mm -hmm. When I was at the Capitol, they would rotate through other aspects of the clinic, radiology, neurosurgery, uh, orthopedics, physical therapy, the amputee center. And of course, subsequently we had the war take come on. So they were Mm -hmm. doing rounds in in the hospital. So those several dozen chiropractic students had a really phenomenal experience. In fact, what you can do there in the DOD, you can't Mm -hmm. do in VA or other hospitals is, since the Admiral was the one who signed our memorandum of understanding, they actually could do anything in the hospital that, that the, the doctors would allow them to do, including, mm-hmm. you know, I had, I had, uh, students who would do, you know, do uh, knee drains or, mm-hmm. you know, le- you know, laminectomies or sinking a pedicle screw. And not that they want to become medical doctors, but they had a full exposure to um, integrated care and learning how to work, how chiropractic works in an integrated setting. And subsequently uh, I've come to Parker as their president. And I think the real reason the board of trustees wanted me was to further the integration of, of chiropractic into mainstream healthcare and not lose our who we are. Yep. Um, I've been here for five years. We've grown significantly. We've grown, um, I, I, you know, the, the school has grown significantly since I've been here. Last year we were the 20th fastest growing college in the entire United States. Wow. And, uh, this year we grew faster. So we're, um, and I should also say that during that period of time, like two years ago, the the campus was destroyed by a uh, tornado. So we just completed $42 million in upgrades. And right now we're building a clinic in the star, the Dallas star where the Dallas Cowboys are headquartered and uh, a 10,000 square foot clinic for our students to rotate through. And, um, we're trying to reinvent how how the clinic experience takes place in a in a chiropractic college, but we're a university now we have twenty or thirty five different majors, including i think eight master's degrees mm-hmm. that are chiropractic students when they come through here for the most part most most students get get um scholarship a free master's degree at the end of their chiropractic program as well
0: That's amazing, and that's one of the things that I've noticed in my uh collaborations with Parker is that it seems like you know, with your vision and guidance of Parker, uh, there's no limits at this point. I think, uh, unfortunately, you know, people in general, and and I would say chiropractic has had a tendency towards placing limits on what we can do and opportunities we can have. And and that's why I wanted to have you on uh, the the podcast was to to kind of chat about that because I want chiropractors to start really thinking big. And so. Um, before we dive into what's exciting in Parker that's going on, I wanted to go back just a minute because you mentioned about laminectomies and and being on surgery and doing some of that. Uh, one of the things I actually did early on was I went around and asked a lot of different orthopedic specialists if I could sit in on their surgeries and just observe. And I wanted to learn as much as I could from that perspective and inherently they, they were, um, well it was well received i build good rapport doing that they were impressed that a chiropractor wanted to do that um would you say that uh, chiropractors should start getting out there and doing more of that type of stuff
1: most definitely you cannot give a greater compliment to a surgeon than to watch him or her in their in their craft and um it's you know it's it's plus you're going to gain a lot more respect for them but they're, they they'll feel feel honored by that ex- experience and that's also what... you'll Right.
0: That's one thing I wanted. I'm glad you said that because I was nervous about it at first. And I've had other chiropractors say, oh, I don't know if I want to go do that. I was like, no, they were actually very, very happy to have me do that. And they were excited to have it. So I think it's a great way to get out there and start learning more.
1: I my first surgery, I observed the neurosurgeon It was a little cocky, wasn't a big fan of chiropractic. Mm-hmm. He, he and I had, had been corpsmen at the same time, you know, medics. And uh, so I go in there and this is the days of film. And he's operating and hes he turns out he goes to the, uh, long story short, he operated on the wrong side, the wrong level, went down a level, check that out. And then he go, walks over and he's hes looking at the films and asked the tech to flip them over. They'd put them up backwards. So that surgery, the, the, the patient had three surgeries for the price of one. Oh. And you know the person who had been so cocky and arrogant to me for the next 10 years that I knew him, he was, you know, he knew I didn't say a word about it to anybody. Is that I saw how mm. he was just as his his um, flawed as I am, yeah. <laughs> and um, so it, it, he he was a lot more humble after that. But we became friends is that at that after that too. But yeah. it also <laughs> told me, you know, I be I I'm, I wasn't rushing to get surgery myself. You know, it's it's one thing if you adjust somebody at the wrong level, the wrong side, mm-hmm. but. Th- cutting somebody open and snipping their lamina three times is uh, pretty significantly, a yeah. pretty significant mistake.
0: I wonder how that conversation went after the fact. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So there are obviously a ton of great and exciting things happening at Parker that you mentioned with some of the growth and stuff. What are, what are some of the things you're excited about the university aside from those things? I know I've uh, dove into and heard a lot about Synapse. So if you could start with that and we could talk about some other exciting things.
1: Well, synapse, I, I, you know, chiropractic was founded on the premise of, of, uh, affecting the nervous system. And I'm fascinated by it. I've watched functional neurology just really take off and do amazing things. And Mm -hmm. we had a neuro center at at, at Walter Reed where they were, they would do things that's uh, just very innovative. Mm -hmm. I knew there was gold in those Hills that that was valuable. So we have been researching that we created our own synapse, you know human performance centers is a it's a series of clinics that uh, our students can rotate through we're building our second one and that's the big one up in the star mm-hmm. um but the idea is to m- promote neuroplasticity mm-hmm. and to research it so and then we also have right now a, a master's degree in clinical neurology that we offer and we have i think 60 students from mm-hmm. parker and, and many others in that right now taking that course so you know, for the, way, and the way Parker set up is the didactics, the classrooms up is up front loaded. So the last third of the of the program is almost all clinical. So if you've got the grades and the bandwidth and can see the patients, you can start your master's degree. And if you basically if you have enough, your grade point average is enough to stay in school, we'll scholarship for you. Okay. And so they get this. So they come out with a, a chiropractic degree and a, and a master's mm-hmm. degree but we've been bringing people from around the world to the center and Mm -hmm. it's been quite, quite rewarding. And we researched some techniques and, you know, some things don't pan out and we're very honest about that. We have some very innovative, innovative equipment that, you know, chiropractors made some pretty broad claims about. So we're researching Mm -hmm. it and some things don't work as well as they should and others, others work really well.
0: That's exciting. Is this something that, um, have some plans for more locations or bringing more docs in into the center? What are some of the future goals you have?
1: Yeah, we're, well, we're trying as we move forward. Um, we are making our plans and our strategic plans make four of these. Mm-hmm. We're reevaluating them, but also we're our normal chiropractic clinics that you and I went through mm-hmm. are based to measure meta competencies. How you're, are you able to become a doctor, meet the minimum requirements? But these new clinics are taken, if, once you pass that, we want you to segue into these other more advanced clinics. And again, there have, it's an integrated clinic. It's not just chiropractors there. Yep. And be exposed to complicated cases. These attract very complicated neurological conditions and, and other conditions. And in fact, yesterday I was talking to the person who ran the most advanced gait lab in the world. Um, we're we're uh, consulting with her to make a gate lab with multiple force plates and cameras in the new center we're building. So hopefully we'll have people, athletes come in and we can measure, you know, the before and after using the force plate, maybe take a, a quarterback as they, you know, they take a snap, run back and you could actually measure maybe after an ACL injury and, and repair, when are they returning to normal where they're actually able to tolerate the same loads that they had and maybe the, the, the same speed in force generation as they had before the injury. And what can we do to facilitate that? So it's pretty high-end stuff. Now, you know, I, I don't want to discount chiropractic because I'm still convinced upper cervical adjusting is probably the greatest stimulation we can do mm-hmm. um, as chiropractors, and that should be part of, of this. And we're we're measuring that as well. Yeah. Um, but it's it's pretty exciting. But we're also trying to train our students to integrate with others, play well with others, yeah. but also to be efficient. Where you know, you know how it's kind of almost cogwheel when you're in the student clinic. This is designed to make you efficient and flow. Mm-hmm. I had one of my students at, at Bethesda, um, she saw a thousand, a thousand patients in the time she was there because my students could see as many patients as they could document mm-hmm. where they're t- there. So they could, you know, they can see a lot. We want to make sure that they're able to tolerate or, or to, to handle those and become efficient so that your last patient here resembles your first patient in your own clinic. Yeah.
0: And that's a big thing, you know, I- clinical efficiency goes a long way for sure. And, and it sounds like your, your thought on playing well with others is another one. And I want to segue a little bit into some of the emerging opportunities. You know, I've been fortunate. I graduated in, in 05 and I, you know, fancy myself as a sports chiropractor and done a lot with uh, pro athletes and different things of that nature. And I've had cool opportunities with that. I had cool opportunities with some on site chiropractic at some local corporations as well. So I've I've seen firsthand that there are opportunities and what excites me a lot. And I know it does you is the emerging opportunities are even more vast and there's more things coming out there. And so what are some of the opportunities for the graduating chiropractors or like, you know, for yourself, you told your story. It it wasn't right out of the gates that you had some of these opportunities. You were a practicing DC that, that was presented with great opportunities because you were doing great work. So it could be the doc out there that's been practicing for 15 years. Uh, What are some things out there that we should start looking for to expand our horizons as chiropractors?
1: Well, you know, I've I've interviewed you and 45 other people so far in my uh, Parker Success Academy. Mm -hmm. And what I found is there's a bunch of different ways to find success. And, you know, for the most part, we're, we're looking for ethical you know, ways to succeed that, um, that, that basically are going to make sure, give you great satisfaction. So we have people who are tr- tr- treating athletes. For, you know, and, and what I like to do is one of the things I, why I stopped clinical practice, because you know, I left probably the most prestigious clinic in the world. You're working in the White House in the Capitol. Um, and and we, my wife and, also, and I also took care of the Naval Academy football team. It was a pretty prestigious place we were at high water mark when we left there, mm-hmm. but we wanted to make sure, you know, I thought that, you know, when I went there oh, soon, everybody's going to be up here, mm-hmm. but I didn't see people come, rising up in the ranks like that. And because I think partly is they had self doubts. Mm-hmm. It's we've already won the battle, go occupy the land. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to do right now. Um, Every pro football team has a chiropractor. The Olympics, you know, virtually every Olympic athlete has a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. Uh, if 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 the White House is bringing chiropractors in, if you know if Walter Reed has them, if Duke University Hospital has them, mm-hmm. um, if Yale has them, we have arrived, yeah. um, and we should stop acting like second-class citizens. Now, having said that there's some chiropractors who choose to act like second-class citizens in the way they market and they practice. And you don't have to do, um, you know, you don't have to go to some of these practice management extremes to be successful.
0: All right, Docs, here is a new opportunity for you from Darcy Sullivan of Propel. She is our SEO specialist and helping out many chiropractors uh, with their search engine optimization and making sure Google is finding you and getting you new patients. It's amazing how many new patients chiropractors can get and are getting when they do uh, the SEO right and a few other things. And Darcy is offering a free SEO workshop just for chiropractors and you can sign up for that at bit.lybit.ly B-I-T slash propelmcm. That is bit.lybit.ly propelmcm modern chiropractic marketing, right? And so check out that link. And we're gonna have you go over five SEO secrets to owning the first page of Google uh, without buying ads. And Darcy's gonna give that free workshop one hour to really help grow your practice and start churning new patients from the ever mighty Google, which is still king in the online marketing. So check that out at bit.ly slash for the one hour free workshop. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. You know, I think what chiropractors uh, need to realize is that we don't have to resort to the off the wall, crazy, desperate tactics to grow a practice, you can actually do it ethically and elegantly. And that's something that obviously we try to teach a lot through marketing and business. Um, but the clinical side is really what's going to carry you a long way and getting really good at that. Because, you know, what I, I, I've come to realize over the years too, is that um, entrepreneurship or owning your own practice, it's not for everybody. and But I think, unfortunately, historically, um, there hasn't been a ton of opportunities to just be a a doctor of chiropractic and work for a group or work for an opportunity that you don't have to necessarily worry about the business and entrepreneur side of that. And it sounds like there's a lot more opportunities coming about for just very good chiropractors that are sound clinically and uh, are efficient clinically that can start working for these types of opportunities. That's something you're seeing more of. Is the is the doctor getting a good opportunity to work for some kind of group?
1: Yeah. And part of my job is, is to expand opportunities for chiropractors. Yeah. So you know we have several hundred people, when you add the DOD and the VA, mm-hmm. several hundred opportunities there for chiropractors to work if they don't want to be entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually was the first person the VA hired because the DOD preceded the VA. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like, what things did you learn in the DOD that we should do different in the VA? And we made some recommendations. And of course, Dr. Anthony Lisi's taken over from that, but I was the consultant they used but the the va is set up where you can enter as a student and there's it's it's a step system that if you publish if you get an advanced degree if you get a diploma, if you're on faculty all these things have helped you move up in the ladder to get paid more and have have a fulfilling career throughout your entire life hmm. um we also are seeing more and more hospitals more and more um other other areas around the, the country of course the uh, neuros the neuro um the neuro clinics are pretty amazing too, because people are willing to pay cash for that. You and I both know people who have gyms in their practice and you know, there's, you know, so you can have a gym and you know, maybe somebody pays $150 a month. If you have a hundred people paying $150 a month to come in, to work out your gym when you give them some supervision, um, you know, that's $15,000 a month. And then if you adjust them on top of that, you know, it's, it's, there's all sorts of models for that animal chiropractic. Um, We have an animal chiropractic program here at Parker. I have people who who graduate and they never buy a practice, they travel around and they use, they use, they're being, um, you know, they're treating horses or other other animals and large animals in particular. And I know people who have racehorses. And they use chiropractors for the racehorses, and there's certainly no placebo when a when a horse is getting adjusted. They just know you're you're, you're working on them. Um, there's people who will do hospital-based chiropractic, like I did. I'm what I'd like to see. Of course, this we, the ACA is pushing a Medicare bill right now that's very important.
0: Yeah, touch on that a little bit. I'd love to. Oh hear my
1: that. gosh, yeah. so this equalization bill, and I'm very much supportive of this. <laughs> Could you imagine if everything that's in your scope, everything you're probably already doing for patients, you were reimbursed for. Mm -hmm. So that would be your E and M, your evaluation codes. If you're doing rehab exercises, if you're evaluating them, if you're doing other treatments that are in your scope already, they're probably already maybe doing for free and not charging, I'm convinced it will make a I won't say the number I usually say, but it would make a huge difference in the, in the salary of the average chiropractor. And people say, well, I don't, I don't want to take Medicare. Okay, fine. But if Medicare is rewarding you at the rate that it should, you make a very good living there. And most chiropractors will get a significant raise.
0: All right. We got a new special from Cairo. Specific for modern chiropractic marketing listeners, you are going to get 15% off your monthly subscription for your first year with ChiroUp. And with ChiroUp, you're going to have access to condition-specific patient reports with online and mobile access, best practices protocols for over 100 conditions with video tutorials, clinic dashboard with key practice stats and outcomes, and auto-generated MD initial and release summaries, plus much more. And uh, I think it's a great supplement to your overall content marketing strategy. And all you need to do is go check out them at bit.ly B-I-T dot slash up, M-C-M, and you can get off for a full year. And if you do that, and you email me kevin at jockey.com, I will uh, throw in a 30 minute consult call with you uh, to go over how you can utilize some of this to supplement your content marketing to help grow your practice. So check that out at bitly bit.ly slash cairo up MCM as in modern chiropractic marketing, check that out for 15% off your yearly subscription. I always joke around uh, because i'm in boca raton florida if you're familiar oh, oh yeah <laughs> i said if it ever changes and we get fair pay for medicare i'm gonna have to open up a whole wing of medicare to my office because uh, i'll be uh, swimming in medicare patients oh, i'd be i'd be truly. happy about it
1: <laughs> so just getting equity is one thing can you imagine if we got where we were getting paid the same as the osteopaths yeah. here, here you had a thousand hours of training the osteopaths have 120 hours that's an elective on adjusting and they get paid more how does that make any sense so the if through the medicare codes now the other thing is is most third-party payers base their their reimbursement on medicare mm-hmm. so medicare opens up everything mm-hmm. and for claire and i we were in a special program the uh in rural health centers and there's community-based health centers and it's state by state if your state allows it they reimbursed us at a significant, you know, like an order of magnitude more um, by taking care, of, by working in these clinics than they would otherwise. So that is gonna make it much more appealing for chiropractors to work in hospitals or for you to work in other clinics. Because right now, if you're a chiropractor, gets people they get people better too fast and the reimbursement's too low. So that's probably the biggest barrier, barrier to integration is, you know, if somebody comes in and we stick a needle in them and do an epidural injection, we get, you know, $1,500. But if you adjust and make them better, we get whatever Medicare is paying. So even though one is more effective, the chiropractic adjustment has better science for it than the epidural injection. They want to go with the procedure because they get reimbursed more. Yep. So it's going to attract, if, if we go there, we'll be attracted more to the to places that, uh, that really like third party pay, hospitals and such.
0: That's exciting. And, you know, it's um, one of the things I want to challenge the audience going back to what you were saying with all the different opportunities out there, you know, there's just a lot of different ways you can uh, realize this profession for yourself. And I think you need to really get clear on what your unique abilities are, what you want out of this profession early on, and and start working towards that and realize there's going to be more and more opportunities for you to uh, get into the six figure income working for a group. And do what you love to do, Um, but at the same time, it's still such a phenomenal profession to have your own practice and be a small business owner, and be an entrepreneur. And so, I want to I want to talk to that crowd a little bit, which I know is a lot of our audience. Um, You know, I've been doing this podcast every week for about four and a half years now, and and I feel like I'm just now comprehending some of the variables that that lead. Uh, To a thriving practice, and the reality of it is, is a lot of times I'm I'm realizing it's not marketing, and it's not business per se. Those are definitely very helpful when you do it the right way. But I'm realizing sometimes it's it's deeper than that, or it's more than that. Uh, What are a couple of the big ones uh, that you've noticed from chiropractors over the years that have really had thriving practices?
1: Well, the uh, and and I've been I've been kind of unique because I've been the entrepreneur. I've owned my own practice. Mm -hmm. I've had associates. I've uh, worked for the government. I've worked in five different hospitals. I've worked for rural for medical doctors. I've been all I've done a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And people ask me, which is which is the most rewarding? Is it you know, more rewarding to go to you know, take care of the, ca- the president or, the, or work in the capital or work in this hospital? And I'm like, well, it's, they're equally rewarding, because in a private practice, you build something yourself. And it's it really pays off. And usually people, they, they it's all about that first three to five years you crank it out. You know, my wife and I are building this practice, building the practice, trying everything. And we're working hard, working hard. And, um, you know, of course we were at a point where it was, I remember my wife was, uh, eight months pregnant, actually closer to nine months pregnant with our first kid. And we're like, you know, we're kind of struggling along here. So I decided to, uh, you know, uh, go to Vegas and, and listen to Jim Parker. I was back in 89. So I go down there and there, there's 7,700 chiropractors. Like 10% of the entire profession is in this one room, and Jim Parker's talking to us. But he brought in a whole bunch of other people talking about success and systems. And you know, Jim Parker was famous for systems. Mm-hmm. And back in the day before computers, we all used his system as a pegboard system of accounting. And I had I ran that thing for 13 years and was not off a penny for 13 years until I hired a new person who started embezzling. But I knew immediately because it was a good system. So I know you're a systems guy. Have a system in place. Mm-hmm. Have your systems down. But also, as you're as you're building as you're building the rapport in town, it's you're putting money in the bank. And long about three years in, because we're still doing okay, we're paying the bills. About three years in, big big jump. Okay, yeah. something just happened here. Mm-hmm. All those talks, all the volunteer times, start paying off. And then at five years, boom, it really blows. And then you're then you're over the hump, you're successful. And then it switches to internal marketing rather. Yeah. So as it goes, it's you're trying to acquire over your career, I, I'll, I'll quote from this article, 1,000 true fans, have you read that article or read yeah, the Yeah, Kevin Kelly, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's, so, and his premise is no matter what your gig is, if you're an artist, mm-hmm. if you're a musician, if you have a thousand true fans that just love you and every time like if you're an artist, every time you write a song and you release it on iTunes, they buy it. And every time you perform, they come, you can make a living. Yeah. Same for a chiropractor. Now I might've had 10,000 patient files in my office, but not all the, not all of those were true fans, mm-hmm. a thousand true fans. Maybe they come in every other month for care you're made, your practice is made. I've got Mm -hmm. a brother who's, who's has a practice. He probably has not taken a new patient in five years.
0: I'd like to speak to that (laughs) really quick. Cause I have this client that I work with, who's in a small town and he's, he's two years into it and he's getting a good amount of new patients and he's growing really well. And he's like, you know, Doc, I'm I'm concerned though. There's only 6,000 people in my, in my town. Am I going to run out of new patients? It's like, well, yeah, maybe it's less, but the amount of patients you've had, you're going to have way more regular visits, way more reactivations, and you're going to have more office visits. It's just going to look a little different, right?
1: That's true. And, and you know, I've, I've known people, my, my, my brother is mm-hmm. in a small town in Northern yeah. California and, you know, a small town with probably 40 chiropractors in their County. I mean, mm-hmm. small towns have catchment areas. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in fact, our practice was in a small town, um, and and you know, don't look at those numbers, because what happens is the math confounds, you know, the math doesn't work out. It's like, you know, how, how can I possibly be getting all these new patients when there's only this much of a pool? Um, but again, you're going after, if you give, you know, not every patient is going to be a true fan, but if you Mm -hmm. pick up those thousand true fans, you know, just think every other month, that's 125 visits a week. If they come in every month, that's 250 a week, you know, it's, uh, you're, you're full but it's all, that's all about rapport. It's about mm-hmm. giving good care. It's about being honest. Patients smell a phony, a mile away. Mm-hmm. If I went to, let's say a, uh, a urologist for a problem. Mm-hmm. And I thought that urologist's job, he was trying to get me to come in as many times as he could. I would run for the freaking hills. Who would mm-hmm. ever want to go to a doctor like that? Mm-hmm. Yet chiropractic off, uh, practice management people Sell that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's wrong. That's despicable, mm-hmm. and that's not how we want to practice. We want to practice. You give them out right amount of care. Now they may need to come in on a regular basis. And I, and uh, you know, before I, I went in the military, I was I had been trained as a horseshoer and was apprenticing as a horseshoer. <laughs> so the guy I was working with every week for him to be a horseshoer, he went to see a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. Now his at any point he could have taken away the cause of his problem by stopping a horseshoer and his back, he wouldn't have needed to go as often, but he wanted to be a car. Sure. That's, that was it. That was on him though. Mm -hmm. So, um, but you know, to have a plan to have people come in, you know, a a very large number of times, um, I'm not a big fan of that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, uh, I forget who said it, but it's like, make them, make it easy for them to come and easy for them to go. Yeah, and, and that will really build a good, you know, obviously have good communication around and be honest with them. If they've got something going on chronic and you need to see them two times a week for four weeks, don't be afraid to talk oh, yeah. about that. And don't be afraid to talk about, like you just said, you know, your job is going to really be uh, difficult. And so we may need some regular care and you, you, you work together on that. And it's uh it's good communication. And then, like you said, it's building rapport.
1: Well, it's about the goal. If my goal is to make you is help you fulfill. Why, why did you come in to see me? And you tell me, uh, you know, you're, like, say, if I, if I let's flip it, mm-hmm. I come to see you and my goal is be able to pick up my grandbabies without back pain. Okay, that's our goal. So we, you know, we get the pain with uh, out of, two out of three out of, out of 10 pain. So once I attain that, you can say, okay, we've completed that case. That case is complete, but you might want to now reestablish other goals. Do you want to stay there? How, how are we going to, you know, we're, how are you going to stay at that level of health, you know, because whatever you're, you've done to get to this point, we've not reverse that. And at that point, now you can talk to them about if there's such a thing as maintenance care. And, yeah. you know, if you want to talk to Andre or like who's, who's taught or er- Erklin, who's who's actually studied that mm-hmm. what people do well with maintenance care, which ones don't. And there's more and more studies being done. In fact, Parker's studied maintenance care as well um i think for some patients it's very valuable for some patients it's going to be irritating to them so um you know finding that out and what they need is our job but that shouldn't be your goal your goal give them exactly what they need and it may me that they need to come in on a regular basis for a long time
0: yeah and then if you do them do them right you know do right by them on that particular condition they always say oh you know what i i also have this going on could you do that as well. I was like, oh yeah, sure. And yeah, it's a new case and you work it up just like the other one and, 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 and treat them and set goals for that particular injury. Right.
1: Well, I was a big adjust extremity adjuster. So frequently the people come in back and neck pain, then after a while, and of course, frequently, they're finding other aspects of their health that are getting better too. And then you might say, oh, you know, anything else going on? And, and, and you, you might be doing a functional evaluation, like, hey, you've you got a weak glute over here, or you've got your your foot doesn't dorsal flex like it should. So, you know, I mean, how about I adjust that foot? And, you know, once it, you do extremities, next thing you know, it's, you, you're finding out all the other things, you know, ailments they've had over the years. But You know, whatever, you know, you have to win them over with the first thing that comes in with, you know, fulfill their goals and and then they will trust you.
0: And that's where that's been a big education based strategy for us lately is that we realize, you know, even though we treat a lot of sports injuries and extremities, uh, the majority of our patients think of us for neck and low back. And so Mm I I challenge our doctors like what are the other conditions that we treat? successfully often. And let's start shooting videos about those uh, injuries and how we evaluate and treat those. And then we've emailed and we've kind of got that in front of our patient base. And we're now educating our patients on those other things. And the reactivation of like, Oh, I didn't know you treated plantar fasciitis, or I didn't know you treated, you know, TMJ or whatever is been great. And so that's something I've been working a lot with chiropractors now is like, think about being an educator and educate them on the things you do that they don't think about. Right.
1: And for the chiropractors who want to in, immediately flip a blowback patient into a wellness patient. Mm-hmm. And the, but there will be almost uh, in sense that, oh, why I don't treat pain. I treat the cause of all disease. And I'm like, if you want to have a, a wellness based practice, learn how to treat pay, pain. Yeah. Because why would those most, most patients come into a chiropractor's office, whether mm-hmm. you're, you know, a vitalistic chiropractor or mechanistic chiropractor with pain. Yeah. so why would they trust you with their health if you couldn't take care of their pain? The, mm-hmm. the very reason they came into you, you take care of their back pain. Now they're all ears. If you want to talk to them about, you know, the health benefits of chiropractic, they will listen to you, but mm-hmm. they're not going to listen to you. If, if you didn't even fulfill their first, the first thing that was most important to them.
0: Yeah, Yep. I agree. I agree totally. So one last thing I wanted to chat about, I'm, I'm disappointed this year that I'm not going to be able to, uh, do my speaking engagement at Parker Vegas. I was, uh, supposed to do that, but my wife is actually due with our second child that actual week. So I had to, I had to back out this year, unfortunately, but I'm, I'm excited to see all the other, um, things going on at Parker Vegas. Can you tell our audience a little bit about that?
1: Oh yeah. We've got a great program there. I'm sorry to hear this. Of course I heard you weren't going to make it.
0: That's- yeah. Yeah. So- it's, I was, uh, you know, unfortunate, but it's a good thing. Right. <laughs>
1: Well, it's having babies. This is your first baby,
0: second one, second
1: one. Okay, we just yeah. had our first grandbaby about a month ago.
0: Oh, exciting! Um,
1: the so what we have, we, of course, our main speaker is a chiropractic patient, um, Michael Phelps. We have oh. Doctor Oz, who's a chiropractic advocate. Um, and and then we have I think four best-selling authors are our keynote speakers. So I've got a kind of a formula here with with taking well-known um, speakers like yourself. We bring them here, mm-hmm. and you know, big big names, big success. So that CAs spouses every will find that in, enjoyable. Usually we get some pictures with them, um, and then we have breakout sessions, and we have several breakout sessions. I'll be speaking on how to read lumbar MRIs. Mm-hmm but there'll be plenty of other very high quality, um, clinical. We have clinical science of chiropractic principles of chiropractic CA and business track. And you usually speak the business track. It goes back to the days when I went to Parker because I lacked the business skills to run my practice. And I went, and back in the days, we'd all go to our chiropractic colleges and we would come to Parker to learn business. The things that make, Parker unique as has, I know, you know, this is we do not accept sponsor speakers. Mm-hmm. We're the only large seminar in the world, chiropractic seminar in the world. Well, I shouldn't say that I think in Europe, they might not that do not allow sponsor speakers. Mm-hmm. I just had somebody complain about, they wanted their person speaking for their practice management. I'm like, we don't, we don't do that. Yeah. We hire our speakers yeah. and Uh, based upon what's valuable to our our constituents Mm -hmm. and usually we they they, the people who come to our seminars they fill out surveys and tell us what they want and we fulfill that so we want to make sure when you come to our seminars you're not having learning about a vitamin treatment from a guy who sells vitamins or sells orthotics or sells uh, practice management techniques or there's none of that we don't allow in fact if you sell from the stage we don't allow you back on our stage again so we are, and it's funny. I was on a call with a, a national organization, and I, I made some recommendation about speakers for that organization's event. And somebody in the call says, "Yeah, but you, everybody at Parker Seminars is selling stuff." I go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" And this guy worked for another college. I go, "We do not allow any sponsored speakers, and nobody's allowed to sell." And then I went ahead and sent him and everybody else on the, on the call a copy of that that college's uh, their homecoming. Every speaker they had was sponsored by a, a by a vendor. And then the, the, another person piped in, I sent a copy of their, their homecoming. 100% of their speakers were paid for by vendors. That's how they make money. Um, we don't do that. And that's why we love having you speak there. Cause you come and you speak from the heart and you give value.
0: I could attest to that because a couple of times I spoke there. I remember one, uh, my colleague and buddy was in the audience. He's like, oh, it was great. But you didn't like promote yourself at the end there. I was like, yeah, (laughs) I'm not allowed. You know, we're up here just giving information and try to, uh advance the profession as much as we can and it's just always a great great event one of the things i just actually went but you were
1: established as a subject matter expert that's the secret to success when you're promoting yourself in practice when i when i was in private practice i would go talk about things but i never sold my practice sold chiropractic
0: yeah it's a for sure it's a driving force absolutely and you know i want to thank you because you're the driving force for having Parker publish my marketing book, which was which was just awesome. I mean, just a first-class experience, and it was great. So I want to thank you for that as well.
1: Thank you. It's a great book. Thank you. Thank you.
0: And uh, all right, perfect. I know you have a busy schedule ahead of you. I really appreciate your time. I'm going to make sure I put in the show notes the link to, to register for Parker Vegas. I highly recommend people sign up. Uh, I just went on a rant yesterday on a Facebook Live in my Facebook group where I don't think chiropractors are investing enough in their teams and cultivating their teams. And this is a great way to invest in your team by bringing your CAs and bringing your staff with you to Parker Vegas. Um, it's just amazing what that does for your camaraderie and just your overall practice growth. I, every time I go to Parker Vegas, I'm always amazed with how many team members are there of chiropractors. And it's great to see.
1: It's a great way to, to tell your, your, your CAs and your staff how much you appreciate them. And they, they can interact with other people. Then we'll have CA luncheons. And we'll have, you know, and as you know, in, in our exhibit hall, like mm-hmm. we'll, have, we'll have one year we had circus Alley in the exhibit hall. Yep. Okay. And I'd make sure that everybody's experience is the best. We want to make sure that experience is the best seminar they have been to all year since the last Parker seminar. And, you know, when you have entertaining, so the CA is coming, they're like, this is fun. Mm chiropractic is fun and they hear the science of chiropractic and the real benefits of it and they're proud of what they do so thank you kevin thank you so much for having me
0: my pleasure thank you so much and we'll be talking soon thanks again for listening to another episode of the modern chiropractic marketing show